Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Uh, Robert J. Marks is a distinguished professor of electrical and computer engineering at Baylor University, uh, for whom my respect went up enormously after you all beat uh, KU a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yes, that was that was interesting. It was awesome, is what it was. It was awesome, yep. and I'm I'm a member of the I'm here in the Big Twelve with you, but at you know much smaller K State. But uh, we we celebrated that Did win. You know that our head coach just quit for our football team. No. Yeah, he went to the NFL. They, oh, they yeah. Threw big bucks at him, and oh, that's right. Said, I'm out of here. That's right. I forget. Some, the, lately, college head coaching has become kind of a revolving door, so it's hard for me to keep track of where people are going. But I did hear that, yeah. and the NFL needs it because they've got a bunch of they got a bunch of stale coaches there. They got to keep up. But that's part of the same thing here too. It's we always have to be forward thinking and always thinking what what is not what necessarily we're facing today, but what we could be facing five years from now. And in your book, which by the way is is available free if people want to you can link up to that at coast to coast and get a free copy of the case for killer robots is that this is a, a again we're, we're we're arguing about some sort of convergence point in the future between what we need to have in our arsenal and what others are going to have in theirs yes and i think in order to do that we need to have a nice sober informed um, discussion about the limits of AI. Right. I think the way things are informed in the media, there is this idea that uh, AI someday will be sentient or be creative or understand. No, it will never do any of those things. That's that's backed pretty solidly by evidence and computer science. So once you put that aside and look at artificial intelligence in an informed sort of matter, manner, you can actually see some of the limitations that are going to be imposed on, on artificial intelligence and the weapons of the future. It's never going to become like Skynet in the Terminator movie. Right. It's never going to become like The Matrix, where we're all in bathtubs of goo and live right. in a virtual reality world. That's no, not that, too different than my life right now, by the way. So <laughs> right? I'm not sure you can make that claim. Okay. But, <laughs> uh, but, but when you say that, I also have to point out, though, that although you are right, and we know, I mean, it's still sometimes easy to put everything down a level, say, the media, but... However, we look at movies, TV, you know, there's still stories that come out, say, out of Japan, where they're working on uh, robots that mimic human emotions. So they may not generate it, but there does seem to be an interest in some levels of science to create at least an effect of of uh, of human empathy or sympathy or if, to fulfill a function and and that 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 this would be part of some future development of artificial intelligence well the mimicking itself the mimicking of human emotion is not really that difficult it turns out that we are pre-wired as little babies my daughter just had twins so i know a lot about babies right mazel tov yeah they can they they can actually see about a foot in front of them and their brains are pre-wired to uh, notice faces and this gives rise to something called the uncanny valley hypothesis and it it has to do with the dip and regression curve but basically the idea is that the emotional response to things which are close to human are much more severe than if they don't relate to humans. 
Mm. Think back to the 1932 movie Frankenstein with Boris Karloff. Sure. He kind of walked around really slowly, and if you were on crutches, you could outrun the guy. And right. probably Mike Tyson could take him out with a couple of punches, but he he was creepy, and he still gives you the creeps because he resembled a human being. The science fiction author uh, Isaac Asimov actually coined the term the Frankenstein effect, and that is the, the fear that we have of uh, robots or anything that looks human. Yeah, and I think that that that, that is the kind of uh, that. It was a a human version of an automaton, which had already existed in our culture and in our cultural imagination. So whether we were creating, um, you know, essentially a, a arcade features that were very realistic looking automatons, a ser- basically a very complicated clock, but one that sort of gave the effect of of a human interaction. Or if we even go back and we look at in in religious lore about the creation of a of a mind um automaton that was you know created out created in flesh the, the this is this is what people fear because we've always feared it is your point but i don't know that it 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 is entirely without basis of fearing it when we look at people who are modern computer scientists who are still trying to come up with robots that will that will do better than that and will appear empathetic and not scary and they will appear very sweet and they might be able to cradle a baby and be able to comfort that baby um instead of just having some bassinet rocking back and forth yeah absolutely uh one of the things that always needs to be defined as what is meant by being better, better in what sense. Yeah. I, I think you actually meant uh, in the cradling of the robot. Uh, right. In terms of artificial intelligence, the artificial intelligence itself has little to do with the packaging. So you can package artificial intelligence in a robotic sort of, uh, in, not in a robotic, but a humanoid sort of, for, sort of right. form like, like the Transformers, or you can package artificial intelligence in, in missiles, so the actual artificial intelligence has little to do with the packaging. And some of these things that I see in the media, I don't know if you've heard of the robot Sophia. She, she's supposed to be able to have conversations with you and express human emotions. And actually, to me, she's not that impressive because basically what she does is, uh, is raises an eyebrow, does a little grimace. And these are things, again, that we're tuned to recognize and it's very sure. easy to program. And her background is and her conversational skills are kind of on the level of Alexa. Right, right. But but look how much Alexa is taking over, you know, homes in many ways and how people have, you know, I'll grant you that the human interaction with Alexa is something that Alexa is not aware of, um, not in any sentient way. Um, but we do what with that type of technology, what we do with dogs. I'm pretty sure my dog completely understands why I was bothered by having to write four syllabi yesterday. I'm pretty sure that he completely got my point. <laughs> that was okay. wrong to have to do in one day. But, you know, he's just looking at me. <laughs> he has no idea what I'm talking about, but I feel like he knew. And I think this is where maybe this is the, the great challenge is not getting the media to articulate it better although that there's truth to that and look we're trying to do it right now but it's whether science is going to be whether the people who are developing it are going to continue to be as engaged with the public and making their case for its necessity instead of doing that ivory tower thing which is we're going to go do this thing and we'll let you know later on when we finished 
Well, if you actually think about it, Ian, we are really blessed with artificial intelligence today. I think some of these things were kind of numbed by familiar, familiarity. Right. We have Alexa, we got Uber and Google right. Maps and search engines. Siri. And, Netflix and Amazon uh, shopping right. and Bitcoin. So we have artificial intelligence all around us that is doing some great and wonderful things. So that's the challenge, though, then, when we talk about this in a military context, is that what will, how will great and wonderful interpret to military artificial intelligence? Or will it only feel great and wonderful when it's our drones doing the killing and not us being killed by enemy drones? Well, here's the unfortunate conclusion I, I would submit, is we do not have an option in terms of pursuing the artificial intelligence development. Again, pointing to history, technology has actually increased the posture of, of nations. It has won wars. It's shortened wars. The atomic bomb shortened World War II, as did the Norden bomb site, as did the decoding of the Nazi Enigma code. Uh, all of these were technolo technological things which helped shorten the war. A big one was actually radar that, we, that the enemy didn't know about. The, the Nazis nor the Japanese knew about until the day of Japan's surrender. But I had an uncle that was in the Pacific Theater, and he was supposed to jump behind enemy lines yeah. with uh, 24 pounds of explosive on, on his legs. He was, he was a paratrooper. He was supposed to go behind enemy lines and blow up stuff. But uh, he was so happy when he heard about the bomb uh, the atomic bombs, because he was able to come home to West Virginia, where I'm from, right. and raise a family and live to the ripe old age of 90, wherein jumping behind lines would be, have been a suicide mission. Now, the atomic bomb killed, I think, about 220,000 people, just terrible. But if you look at historians, one of them was Philip Jenkins. He's a historian here at Baylor. He estimates that the dropping of that bomb saved 10 million lives. Not only the Allies invading Japan, not only the Japanese fighting back, and they, they actually had death over surrender in their, in their philosophy, but all of the occupation that Japan was doing with China and North Korea, and there was a standing order in incarceration camps that in case the camp was to be overrun, all of the prisoners would be killed. Sure. And he yep. estimates 10 million. So this is an unfortunate but it's an unfortunate aspect of the, uh, of the nature of man that we have to do it. But I'm well, afraid I, we have no choice. Okay, but this is, I, th I think you're actually making a case against your point, and I'll tell you why. First of all, by, as chance would have it, I too had an uncle that was in the Pacific Theater, and he shared the same feelings with me many times. Uh -huh. even, even though he's very much of a pacifist in other respects, he had fought alongside uh he was in Patton's army in italy and he had, was being transferred to the south pacific and he felt his luck had just run out he had survived you know a year uh in europe which was unhurried he was the most senior guy in his little you know group and he thought there was no way he was going to survive a japanese invasion and so there was always part of him that was grateful for that bomb but i think this is the point is that we still humans still selected that target Right. So that's my point that I say, I, I think that's where, again, we come back to something which might undermine a little bit of, of that uh, parallel, although I know you're not making too big a comparison, allowing machines to select their targets, allowing machines 
to decide that this is the human I'm supposed to kill. That's the part that I think is where we, we, we all should shudder a little bit because it's not as though machines are infallible. And we know this from even a previous tech that you mentioned about uh, face recognition software where people have been a- accused of crimes or arrested on the basis of, of, a, of a, walking down the street in London, which they turned out not to be the person that, of interest that police were looking for. Um, or even, as we were talking about last week with a guest who was in the CIA, where they were just going on algorithms and they were choosing people that on the basis of their name, where they were from, um, other aspects of their life, which turned out to be a, a false um, subset of data to go arrest somebody, disrupt their lives for like six months, and then let them go once so they were able to determine that they weren't the person that they were looking for. That's the part that's scary. We were, subs- in that case of the algorithm, law enforcement was subservient to the, to the algorithm's equation, to the actual conclusion that it came to. And they said, well, we have to go do it because the algorithm told us to. And then that's where the face recognition software says, well, this is what they say we should should and i think that's the part that's scary about about lethal you know for example lethal drones oh i by the way i totally agree with you i think that the human needs to be in the loop when in all possible uh and autonomous should actually be used as a last resort but there are cases where autonomous weapons are going to be required the military in engagement has something they call OODA, O-O-D-A. It stands for Observe, Orient, Detect, and, uh, I'm sorry, Observe, Orient, Decide, and Attack, OODA. And many times the success of an engagement is determined by how quick your OODA is. And in some cases we're going to have OODAs, which if humans are deciding this, is just going to be too long, especially if our adversaries are using artificial intelligence. Uh, so it, it's actually, in some cases, it's going to become like a, um, I don't know, the gunslinger movies of the Old West, where you have these two cowboys standing next to each other in a showdown on the street, and whoever's the fastest draw is going to be the winner. Right. And so we are going to have scenarios like that. One of them, for example, I don't know if you remember the arcade game Space Invaders. Yeah, I was pretty good at it. Yeah, were you? Okay, well, you know that Space Invaders started out, and it went really slow at first. Right. But then at the last, at least the way I played it, I wasn't, I wasn't as good at it. You couldn't aim anymore. There was just too much happening. You actually had to do a splatter hit on all right. the, and, and just hope you survived in some way. So that is an example of where autonomy might be required if one is overwhelmed by attack in such a manner that humans cannot comprehend what is going on then uh, you know you 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 have to go to autonomy if you don't want to surrender listen to more coast to coast am every weeknight at 1 a.m eastern and go to coast to coast am.com for more